Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by the Sensory Learning Center with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our show. I am Betsy Hicks, and I am joined today with two experts on holistic medicine. Dr. John Hicks, my husband, as well as his partner, Beth Vandeboom, who is uh, the holistic director of his office at Pathways in Wisconsin and many other cities. Thank you, Dr. Hicks, and thank you, Beth, for joining us today. Thank you. (laughs) We are going to talk today about the question that a lot of people have is what's happening with medicine? What is, what is going on in the medical community that why people are not getting better and our society is getting so tremendously sick? Well, I think a big piece of that is what's going on with the environment. And um, as the environment gets more toxic, our ability to handle it uh, becomes less. And traditional medicine is really de- has been developed for acute care. So they're set up to take care of emergencies. So from an emergent point of view, they're very good. From a chronic illness point of view, medicine really hasn't caught up with where it needs to be. What's happened in the medical schools nowadays? Well, it's mainly uh, taught what drugs do what. So when you come out, you have this set of symptoms. If those symptoms present, you give this drug. If this drug doesn't work, then they've got the next drug on the list. You give that drug. If that doesn't work, you go to the next drug. So, you know, the whole piece is that doctors today really are employees of insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies, and they don't really want to admit that, but that's really the truth. What about the discussion of nutrition? How often is nutrition ever even discussed in medical Well, nutrition school? really isn't discussed at all in medical school or even in uh, your subspecialties. And if it is, it's probably just the basic food pyramid, which is so archaic well, to yeah. begin with. It's the basic food pyramid, and then when you do learn about doing uh, parenteral nutrition, they're not. They're using uh, fats that aren't really good. They're using. They're not doing good vitamins. The quality of what they're putting in is not good because they really don't understand it. It's piece. not real nutrition. Right. Tell me about. They're. They're so. So doctors these days are so quick to make uh, write a prescription. Is that because, or is it a combination of both? that it's just a time. It's quick and it's fast and it gets them out of the office, which I know they're dictated as to how much time they can spend with you. But it is also are they also getting big incentives from the pharmaceutical companies? Well, they're, they're not really said you can't spend a lot of time. You can spend as much time as you want, but you're going to get 10 bucks. So the reality is if you have hundreds of patients to see, you can't spend an hour and a half or two hours talking to a patient. You just can't. Right. You don't have that kind of time. So, consequently, what's happened is the average doctor's visit now is about three minutes. And they ask you a couple of questions, they put you on another drug, and you're out the door. Right. Okay. I know one of the big things, and and Beth, maybe you can comment on this since you know a lot about holistic medicine. You know, the doctors are so into the clinical studies. And it, everything is about, you know, it, we don't we don't prescribe B vitamins because there, there's no studies. But you know, mango companies can't afford to do a study on mangoes because they're nutritious. So is it is it just the the pieces is that they're is it really about just the fact that this, they're believing the studies because the pharmaceutical companies are backing the studies and paying for the studies, but they don't do studies on food generally, do they? No, because it's really expensive, and the pharmaceutical companies have the money behind them to do that. So a lot of these smaller companies can't do that. They just know that their product's really good. So it's a a poor way of checking things. Well, and then then when you look at 
the studies that have been done on studies, what it shows is that any company that pays for a study, the study will give the results that they're paying for. So all the studies are biased. So these double-blind crossover studies are not good at all, really, because you have what you have to look at is who paid for the study. That's what it's going to show. Right, so what can you really believe? Right, that's, and that's, yeah. that's my point on those studies. You really can't believe the studies. Right. Because the lab gets in trained, and then everything they do in there will bias. It gets biased. Let's talk about all the side effects that are in the drugs that we have today. Well, medications are not very specific. In other words, if you have a medication and you're trying to work with one type of receptors, well, there are many, say, just for instance, let's say you're trying to work with alpha receptors. Well, alpha receptors, there may be 50 kinds of those. So essentially what a medicine will do will affect all alpha receptors. So it can't be specific and do alpha 1 and 2 and not do 3, 4, 5 through 50. So instead of really side effects, these are really just effects of that drug. And they say, okay, in this small study it's 1 or 2 percent. Well, when you take that to the big population, it could be 25 or 30 percent. And that's why drugs get recalled. You get, you know, they say there is no death, and then all of a sudden you get and you start to have an issue. Is medicine making up diseases? Well, what what's happening is they have to have a code to treat something with a drug. So what they're doing is putting together symptoms and calling them a syndrome or a disease or an illness. And then they give it a code and then the insurance companies will pay for the drug. You know, I think a lot of the problem too with uh, drugs is you go to one doctor because you say, oh, I have a, a gut ache. And you go to one doctor and so then they give you an antacid. But then you go to another doctor and you tell him a different issue and he gives you a drug not knowing you're on the other drug. So then you get really sick because right. you're taking one drug and now he gives you another, you know, the other doctor gives you another one and then this doctor gives you another one. So you get so many side effects. Right. From them because right. nobody knows what you're taking. And then that's where probably a lot of these new diagnoses come in because you have things like insomnia, which frequently can be from another yeah. drug, from all these drugs, <laughs> or stomach upset right. because of all these drugs that they're and That's taking. why they keep going to different doctors because things new pop up because they're taking all these drugs. Right, right. Well, when, when I was in medical school, I worked on a, what was called a liaison team. And essentially what we did was we went into some of the uh, old people homes or when they were admitted to the hospital and would go through their drug regimens and look and some of them are on 20 and 30 drugs well when you start taking away drugs you get rid of side effects that were being treated with another drug yeah. and so we would trim them down to maybe 8 or 10 things that they really needed and would get them off of 15 drugs and it's because nobody was really paying attention to what you know well what's the side effect of this drug well it's this dizziness and then they get on a drug for that and then that creates blood pressure issues so now they get on a blood pressure drug and it just it just escalates and creates help, help me understand how an intelligent person who because you have to be very smart to be a doctor can possibly think that it's okay to put these people on all this medication. I just don't understand. Well, you're taught to treat symptoms with medications. So you're where's your quality really, of life, too? Right. You know? well, you're not really taught yeah. to say, well, yeah. what is this symptom from? You know, they've got high blood pressure. they got high blood pressure. Well, why do they have high blood pressure? Right. Could it be maybe a side effect of something they're already on? Right. Well, I, I don't have the time to look all that up. Because it takes time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what you know, they say. Right. You know, we would, when I was on that liaison team, we might spend four or five hours on one patient. That's a lot. Looking up all the medications, what are the cross interactions, what are the possible side effects. Right. Well, when when you make rounds in the morning, you got maybe five minutes on a patient, you're in a hurry. You, you're not going to have the time to do that. Mm. 
So, are they making up diseases to basically just so that they can have a code? Let, let's just even talk about something as basic as let's talk about autism. Let's talk about ADD okay. and and the spectrum. I mean, these are kids and adults. These are pe- let's just let's just do kids for the to make it so we can just base it on this. So so these children have had some sort of environmental exposure, where be it through vaccinations, they have heavy metals, or through. through well, now now you're you're taking it more steps than they would already. All right. Right. Because right. what they say is this is a psychological illness, and that's why it's coded two ninety nine. It's in the brain. Yeah. It has nothing to do with environment. It has nothing to do with anything other than this person's brain is not working. So now we've got a code. So now what are we going to do? Well, we start, you know, the drug companies go, well, all right, it may be a little similar to Alzheimer's, so let's try Alzheimer's drugs. Let's try... uh, Parkinson's drugs. Let's try all these different drugs to see if we can find a drug we can treat this with. Alright? So now they seem a little depressed. So let's do antidepressants. Let's do all these drugs. So when you start, you know, it's it's this game. Right. And the game is, what medications can I give you for this? And if I can't give you a medication, I'm not going to spend a lot of time sitting there talking to you. I've been we've been reading more and more about how doctors are starting to now look at the DNA. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Now, here's my concern. I mean, I, obviously, you spend a lot of time on DNA. We've done shows in the past on DNA, and you you spend a lot of time looking at that. But is are they really going to even know what to do with the information? And are they just looking? Are, are insurance companies just looking for predispositions so that they can bounce people out of their plans? Well, that would be my major concern. Is that they'll say it's a predisposition? But see, now you look. There's two ways to look at DNA. Is the DNA the cause, or is it a predisposition? Yeah, that's that's All a right? good question. So what what they want to do is say that this is caused genetic cause and then they can just say well it's your deal right it's genetic there's nothing you can do about it but that's not the way it is yeah we know different we can do something about it there's a lot you can do okay we're going to take a quick break when we get back let's talk more about some of the aches and pains that people may be having and what we see in our kids and what they really do mean we'll be right back with dr john hicks A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Is your family acting like the Hatfields and McCoys? Are you fighting over who gets the antique rocker or grandma's hand-stitched quilt? Believe it or not, there's a better way to settle your family's estate, peacefully and fairly. Join host Angie Epting-Morris for Passing the Family Torch and learn how to avoid conflict and keep peace during an estate settlement process. That's Passing the Family Torch every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back with Dr. John Hicks and talking about medicine and what's been happening to medicine, why doctors prescribe what they prescribe. So now we, let's change our focus a little bit. Let's hit a little more positive note. And, and that is people, are, people in general and a lot with autism is looking at certain symptoms that really have very basic cause to them but things that aren't discussed. Let's start with GI disorders and let's start with reflux. Where is reflux coming from? Well, I could have Beth start with that. Yeah, but diet, I would say. Yeah. Talk right. You start with that, Beth. Well, a lot of dairy causes reflux. So, you know, the kids just gravitate towards dairy and wheat and gluten. So, to me, I think that's what we see most often right. in our in seeing the, the kids is the diet, yeah. is what are they eating. And then the abnormal bacteria can feed into that. I mean, you ju- it just starts to build. Right. And then those those foods feed bad bacteria, so bad bacteria grow, good bacteria die, yeast gets escalated. So you start looking at reflux, indigestion, irritable bowel, which is really a gluten issue. Right. And you start looking at what's going on with the kids. Well, they have either constipation, diarrhea, bloating, with little bellies, they have trouble gaining weight. Some kids are overweight. So a lot of this really has to do with what's going on in their gut. And that has to be the first place you start. Let's talk about enzymes cause en- and, and the importance of enzymes and why so many people are experiencing reflux and what they are now deeming as GERT. Or, you know, it's like it's, they're just looking for more. There's another disease. I know, another one of those. Disease for a drug. Well, disease the, for a drug. A lot, a lot of things you have to think about with reflux is a lot of people don't have enough acid to digest the food. So then what happens is the food sits there and rots, and it's that acid from the rotting food that refluxes that gives them that taste. So you give them an antacid, they already have low acid, now you're going to wipe them out. When the real issue is they don't have enough acid and then a lot of people don't have enough digestive enzymes. And you don't need killer enzymes. What you need is what the pancreas would produce. Right. And then uh, a lot of times people will take a digestive enzymes with hydrochloric acid and say, oh, my stomach, it just burns. See, I need that antacid. Well, then they're doing them the wrong way. Right. Because you really have to take the digestive enzymes with the acid in between food. Right. Whereas normal enzymes, you do at the beginning of the meal usually, and that's the right way to do those, but when you have hydrochloric acid, you have to kind of sandwich it between food. So if you're getting a lot of burning from it, it's because you're doing that the wrong way, not because you need the antacid. Or if you already have some issues in your gut and you start getting the acid you need, you're going to clean those off, and now those are going to be open and irritated and working to heal. Yeah, that's a so good they're point. Gonna burn. Right. So that So will. you could already have petechiae or small little punctate ulcers and what you're doing with that acid and good digestive enzyme is you're cleaning the dead stuff out. Right. So that new cells can rebuild. Right. Let's talk about foreign things in our bodies that we don't like. Well, maybe not so much foreign, but just not good things like bacteria and viruses and yeast and parasites. Tell me about how that affects health. Well, you know, all the foods that we were just talking about with the, the dairy and even the, the carbs, that's going to, you're going to just crave that when you have uh, uh, yeast and bacteria and parasites. So most people are going to gravitate towards those carbohydrates, which is just going to be fuel for the fire, basically. Yeah. And then it's never going to go away. Well, then the other piece we see with a lot of the kids and even some adults is irritability and aggression from corn. So you go, well, corn, corn, I mean, corn shouldn't be a horrible thing, but corn can really feed bad bacteria. And then uh, I think it really acts as a neuropeptide and it affects the amygdala and the limbic system, so it affects emotion. Right, and now you get GMO corn. 
Right. So then you have the corn piece plus genetically modified corn, and the body doesn't even know how to use that. So it's like a double whammy on the body. Corn is just... And then the corn syrup piece. The high fructose corn syrup is just the most... I I love the analogy in comparing if you had a glass of wine and a glass of rubbing alcohol, you're going to drink the wine. You're not going to drink the rubbing alcohol because the rubbing alcohol isn't digestible. It's the same thing between high fructose corn syrup and corn. Corn has a certain digestibility to it, but high fructose corn syrup has no digestibility, so the body stores it as fat cells, and it messes up the hormones and feeds gut bacteria. And raises all. triglycerides. Yes. So people think, oh, you know, I just I shouldn't eat any fat, but they're downing the corn syrup, right. and their triglycerides and cholesterol is all going crazy on their yeah. lab work, and that's the piece of it. It's not the good fats that you should eat. How about, Beth, can you talk about pH balance a little bit and how that affects your health as well? Sure. Well, if you have a real acidic pH, then certain bacteria and yeast will grow. If you have a, um, you know, a high pH, then other groups of bacteria and different yeasts will grow. So the pH you really want to keep between, well, 6.5, 6.7, but you also have different types of uh, places where you can test pH. One is your saliva, your urine, your stool. So those all have to be compatible with each other so that you create a healthy environment for good bacteria to grow. Yes. So when you take the uh, probiotics, your acidophilus, you have to have a good pH in your gut in order for those bacteria to stick. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why that's so important. And you keep foods like um, green vegetables that are alkaline. That will help alkaline you, not make you so acidic. Right. Because most people are living on carbs and and meats that are making things very acidic. Yeah, carbs especially are super acidic. Right. So, and the acid piece is what does long-term issues. So, cancer, all of those pieces, if you're staying acidic you're going to have a greater likelihood of those things developing. Right, and that's time. a lot, right, and you know, a lot emotional-wise, too. People are more irritable when you're acidic. Um, you'll get rashes, eczema, that type of thing when you're very acid. The body's just trying to you get rid of things because you're so acid. Right. That's so, important step. Let's talk a little bit about immune disorders and um, so many, well, you know, it's funny, this is a huge piece in autism, but it's also a really big piece in just about everybody these days. So I, I don't like to just pinpoint it as being autism. Can you explain a little bit about the TH1, TH2 shift so that people, because this is just something that is never seems to be discussed in, in a lot of medicine and, and how things get stuck. Well, the, this isn't really talked about much in medical school at all. And essentially what you have to realize is your immune system is is in a balanced act and it's like if uh, you take a seesaw one side is th2 that's the antibody side and then the th1 side is the other side and that's clearing and viruses and cancers so whichever side is up is the active side so when you think of a teeter-totter one person is down one person is up so what we're seeing with a lot of the immune autoimmune diseases that's becoming more and more and more common are the TH2 shift where the antibody side gets elevated and that can be a relative thing to the TH1 side or it can be an actual elevation. And then you're, you can start to make antibodies against yourself. So there is that risk. So the anti-myelin antibodies, anti-smooth muscle. Yeah, and that's big because a lot of these kids, and even Joey, our son, has very little muscle strength. Right. Is that that's part of his? Well, that's that's a piece of it. Part of its diet. Part of its detox. Part of its mitochondrial energy. Okay. And ability to convert food to energy efficiently. And that goes into the Krebs cycle. And that goes into the Krebs cycle. Which can you, you have um, two minutes? <laughs> well, the, the, the Krebs cycle, all cycle that does is, is convert fats, carbohydrates, yeah, right. and proteins into energy. Right. So if that cycle doesn't work, then what's happening is you're making more free radicals. And the free radicals attack cell membranes, they attack your DNA, so they sort of 
they destroy their own mechanism because the mitochondria where that happens is very sensitive to free radicals. So if you don't have enough superoxide dismutase in the mitochondria itself, you're going to knock it off. So your ability to create muscle mass and energy plus energy for your brain is just going to decrease over time. So that's a huge piece of getting that cycle working. I want to add something too with the immune system. It, people will say, well, I hardly ever get sick. Right. I just don't get sick. Yes. This is so cool. Yes. This is just the greatest thing, but it really isn't, is it? Right. right. <laughs> that's important. Well, and and that's, that's a reflection of a shift. You know, a lot of the history is, oh, I used to get sick a lot, and then all of a sudden, I didn't get sick anymore. So I'm really healthy. Right. So I must be much more healthy now. Well, that's really, that's an indication that that point when you shifted is when your immune system shifted, and now you're probably hyperactive on the antibody side. Right. So that's really an indication that that's going on. Yeah. And this is really big with a lot of the kids. So it's big with a lot of adults too. Yeah, I mean, you look at chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, all those things. This is this is a huge piece of it. Right, they were never sick, right. and now all of a sudden, right. I have MS. Right, I hear yeah. that I, I all the time. You hear right. it all the time. Oh, that's all right. we hear. Right, right. right. Yeah, I, I was never sick. Well, yeah, there's a reason it's, you were never. It's sick. it's not hard to to shift the immune system, is it? No, naturally, I should yeah. say. Yeah. You know, you don't want to knock it off, and that's what steroids do. So that's sort of the traditional medical approach: is let's put you on steroids, then you can eat even the foods that hurt you, and right. you won't feel bad. But it's destroying your body. But don't worry about and it. And your gut. You know all these foods that you shouldn't be eating: <laughs> right. nitrates and. Right. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we get back, let's talk a little bit about the detox system. We'll be right back with Dr. John Hicks and Beth Vandeboom. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com you gotta believe. Listen up. Conceive Magazine is now on the air, live and on demand on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hosted by Kim Han, founder of Conceive Magazine. Conceive On Air offers comfort and emotional support to women contemplating starting or expanding their family by consulting noted professional experts and by sharing the insights and experiences of others. Kim wants to share her experiences to educate and empower women. Conceive On Air is the only complete resource destination that inspires and informs future moms about their fertility on the journey to parenthood. Conceive On Air with Kim Han, celebrating the creation of families. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back here with Dr. John Hicks and Beth Vandeboom discussing so many very interesting things about health and symptoms that we may have 
that typically in the, in the traditional medicine we may be getting a medication or a drug for, um, but these are just r- some really good common insights into what some of these symptoms might be. We've talked about reflux. We've talked about autoimmune disorders. Let's now talk a little bit about the, the detoxification system. Um, something that is getting a lot of hype lately because they're, they're having clinics where you can do um, colon cleanses and sweat lodges and lots of different ways to detox. What's what's the, what does the word detox mean to you? Well, detox means getting rid of things. It's how our body takes things that are fat soluble, makes them water soluble, so we can excrete it. So the big issue with detox is how efficiently can we do that? And if we don't do it efficiently, then we accumulate things. So detox is very very important. It's how we control our neurotransmitters. It's how we control our hormone levels which is a huge issue for a lot of people. And it's how we get rid of heavy metals, solvents, pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, all that stuff that we get exposed to every day. So if that system isn't working, you're in a hum. So there's a, there's a, a solution at every place you go to, from your chiropractor to your beauty salon to your spa. So the, they the all have these is, detox answers. Yeah, well, the, the question answers? is... Can you dump stuff or not? Can you get rid of it? You can free it up, and that's what all these detox things do. They free things up from the cells, from your fat tissue. But then, can you dump it? If you can't, you now have released these free radicals, which they are, and toxins, and now they're going to reattack your body again. If you can't dump them, you better not be doing that. Because now you're going to cause more damage. And you could get a lot of wrinkles too. Because free radicals <laughs> cause wrinkles. So everybody's worried really? about their face. Oh, yeah. Well, about, you know, how free they radicals look. are what cause wrinkles. And that's why Paracone put glutathione in his creams. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite glutathione. <laughs> I, you know, we have been shows before on glutathione, but just talk a little bit about how you feel that that's such a, a really important piece for so many people. Well, glutathione and its accompanying enzymes are what allows us to dump everything. If those aren't working and we don't have enough of that, we can't dump. So then what happens is you do these detox programs, you do cleanses, you do all this stuff, you free up all these toxins and free radicals and if you don't have enough glutathione you can't dump it so now they're free running around your body again now it has to go back into whatever it was before it's going into some cells so are you going to make new fat cells to store the stuff you just pulled out of your fat or is it going to reattack your brain in a different spot or is it going back to your lungs in a different spot or your liver and damage another cell so It's really knowing what's going on before you start and go crazy with all the detox pieces. And then with the the diet today, people eating all the carbohydrates, that even makes the toxins worse in your system. When you have good proteins, the proteins protect your cells from heavy metals. And good fats. And good fats, right. Because they build the cell membranes and then the free radicals attack the fats, not your cell membrane. So that's why good fats for every cell in your body are really important, especially your brain. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, but what about some of this stuff? Um, Some people are doing colon cleanses and things like that. I know that you have some opinions on that. Well, when you do that, you're cleaning out the good stuff too. So now you're losing all the good bacteria that are there to help you and nurture you, and now you're washing them out too. And if that practitioner doesn't know to put that good bacteria back in, that colon therapist, right. then they might not have been trained in that for some reason, and then and you're you really hurting that. yourself, right? right? Tell me about uh, saunas and what you feel about saunas. Well, if you have enough glutathione, and if you're not worried about heavy metals in your brain, and you're just wanting to dump things from fat cells, saunas are great because that's where they're mainly going to dump stuff from is your fat cells. But you've got to have enough glutathione to dump that. So if you're concerned about heavy metals in the brain, 
and heavy metal toxicity, you want to use your glutathione for that first, and then you do the sinopies. Right. After that. But it doesn't do anything about dumping from the brain. It's not going to do a lot from your brain. And there's so many forms now of glutathione. The oral form does not work. If I mean, there's a new one. I shouldn't right. have said that because there is a, a well, the new oral one. Oral pill form doesn't, doesn't work. The oral right. pill form doesn't work. So right. if everybody runs out and gets glutathione in the pill form, it isn't going to work. Right. So systemic acid kills it real quick. Well, no, actually, there's cells on the villi uh, throughout the GI tract and all the cells. They have enzymes that break it down automatically. And they did studies where they gave three grams of that, and it didn't change at all your glutathione level and then what they did was give three grams of the precursors and it didn't change glutathione level at all either so oral capsule form of glutathione does not work and what it's going to do is probably give you more N-acetylcysteine that you have to detox through your kidneys and you'll probably start with kidney pain over time mm, wow big stuff alright let's um briefly talk about hormones and the symptoms that people get. Now, because this show is meant for autism, we'll try to limit it and not go into as much of the middle puzzle talk as you probably would like to talk about, but um, a lot of a lot of people are having, even like boys having the large breast enlargements. Where, right. Where's that coming well, from? Well, they can't detox estrogen. Right. There's in phase one of detox, detox is, is two phases, phase one and phase two. Phase one is cytochrome P450s. And there's three of those that detox estrogen. So if one of those is out, you have a 20% increased risk of estrogen sensitive issues. All right, so for boys, that would be gynecomastia. The other thing in guys you talk about would be. Uh, the the uh, prostate becoming larger because estrogen increases prostatic cell uh, size because it makes things get big. That's what estrogen does. So every cell in your body, if you can't detox estrogen, it builds and it's going to affect every cell, every system in your body. Even your mood. Yep. So even in these autistic children, you know, as they get to be 12, 13, 14, and now kick in. exactly now their mood and is terrible. This is what happened to my child? Well, all detox is out, and then what you have to do is you have to really figure out okay, what piece of this is out, and what are the things that I can give them that are going to help them detox that? Because number one, it'll affect their mood. Number two, for girls, it's going to prevent breast cancer, ovarian, right. all those cancers. And some of the natural ways of doing that definitely take soy out of the diet is a big definitely. Piece. Yeah, nobody should be eating soy. Um, and then uh, my favorite was this. It was the most ridiculous article I've ever seen. That the American Journal had published about how um, the, the male breast enlargement was being caused by uh, lavender and tea tree essential oils. And it was just it's about as ridiculous as they come because. First of all, what teenage boys actually use the true essence of the true essential oil? They're using synthetic chemical versions to begin with, and they're saying it's coming from their soap. It's like, you know, it's just it's ridiculous. Well, and the synthetic part is what raises the estrogen. It does. There's no estrogens, right? So that's right. where the estrogen pieces come right. in. So it's not the true essential oil. Right. It's, it's Gosh, all the synthetic stuff. But see, you can prove. Well, it's you can prove anything. You know, it's how you set up the study. <laughs> um, what about kind of like a, this fogginess? How much does fogginess in our brain have to do with hormones? Well, it can have a lot to do. If you can't detox them, it can definitely affect how your brain works. Focus, Focus concentration. concentration. mood. Right. So processing, it's going to affect all of those things. So the, the hormone piece and detox tied into that are huge. So at least if everybody even got on cod liver oil it's for, a that, for right. that part. Omega-3s. Yeah. Right. Just if they did one thing for that. Yeah. Right. That, at, that's least, at least do that. Right. I mean, then there's a lot of other good benefits from the omega-3s because it protects against stroke and heart attack. It's It feeds the cells in the brain. 
it was used in a study that uh, people who had bipolar disease who couldn't even be controlled with medication were were fixed however you want to explain that on cod liver oil on omega-3s at very high doses so it does it's an amazing supplement just that one thing what other supplements do you like a lot especially for detox Artichoke? Well, yeah. That'd be Arti- Artichoke has to That's be That's number, number one. one. <laughs> right. Because what it does is it thins the bile and it keeps it flowing and keeps it flowing out of the gallbladder so that the things you're getting rid of and throwing into the bile, you dump and don't reabsorb them. Because that's a huge piece. Because if you reabsorb that, now you got to detox it again. Right. And if your detox is already having trouble, now you're really... You're just messing yourself up. So I would say artichoke would be number one. Anything else you do for like calcium oh, deglucrate? Calcium de- yeah. I was going to say calcium deglucrate. Right. That's the estrogen, a lot of that piece. Right. Uh, you can do glycine, taurine. And glycine and taurine, uh, say, along with detox, also are neurotransmitters. And then, obviously, glutathione is another huge piece. But glutathione does a lot of other things for you besides just detox. You know, a lot of people, that's what they just see it as. But it protects your DNA. It's used to kill viruses and bacteria. Right. So when you start looking at the kids who have these issues, glutathione for them is a huge deal. All right, and of course food, because we'll, we'll yeah. talk about we can talk about that later too. But you don't want the chemicals going in to begin with. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about mood disorders and how serotonin can be affected with dopamine and all those other wonderful things. We'll be right back with Dr. John Hicks and Beth Vanderboom. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com the incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate autism one a conversation of hope hosted by betsy hicks illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies children are recovering with well-known researchers and doctors members of congress and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines Betsy offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism, spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, adult services, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope through education and conversation there is hope steps to a healthier you voice america health and wellness welcome back to autism one a conversation of hope with betsy hicks if you have a question or comment call us toll free at 866-472-5792 now back to the program here's betsy we are back with Dr. John Hicks and Beth Vandeboom talking about medicine and 
all the different symptoms that we have and what they mean. We've talked about detox. We've talked about the immune system, GI disorders. And now, a topic that a lot of people want to know about, and that's mood. Because, let's face it, this is what affects every minute of our day as far as how we feel about our attitude. And, and it's amazing how food and what's going on biochemically within us can affect our mood. Talk about... Um, so if you're going to start with mood, then right. you have to start with diet. Okay. Because those foods can really affect your mood, focus, concentration, irritability, aggravation, anxiety. I mean, food can do all of that. So number one, you've got to clean up your diet. And food additives and all that stuff have to go. They really have to go. So when you're saying additives, you're talking about... Um, everything from the nitrates to the MSG to colorings, food colorings, food colorings is a big one. And then um, just things like high fructose corn syrup, things that really aren't food. They're just fake, you know, chemically. Well, and then then you have to realize some foods do, you know, a lot of people really have big issues with MSG. Well, a lot of foods naturally have that, and some foods help your body to create MSG from the food. So you can you can be pretty clean from MSG from the Chinese you know restaurants, right? Okay, but some of the food choices have MSG or give you enough glutamate that you make your own MSG. Right. And if you're hypersensitive to that, well, it's the same thing with phenols and salicylates and all of that. I mean, they could be very considered great foods, but if they're if you have a hard time detoxifying that, and not everybody can has a hard time with that level of MSG right. you know, found naturally, but right. it, as do them with phenols or salicylates. Well, but that, those foods might not show up either, and if you take a food yes. allergy test yes. and you think, well, I'm eating them, but or I'm still food getting... sensitivity right. test, and you're going... Right. Yeah, e- either, both of those, it may not show up, so then you really have to think, okay, what are the other issues that I may be looking at from a food perspective? You know, I've done these food tests, and they show up negative, but... I have corn, and I feel horrible. Right. So what does that tell you? Well, you're not allergic to it, you're not hypersensitive to it, but it's doing something in your body, making something that isn't agreeing with your body. Right. So just because you say, well, those tests are negative, that doesn't mean you can have that. Even that dairy piece with the peptides. Right. So that's a huge piece for brain. Right. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of other foods that create neuropeptides. It's not just casein and gluten. Sure. And you start looking at the volumes now that are written, the books, on neuropeptides. I mean, it is unbelievable. So... As, and I think a lot of these food additives and that are functioning as neuropeptides. So, so, so gluten and casein, we've talked a lot about gluten and casein as, as being things that need to be removed, right. uh, especially soy, when you're dealing with autism, corn. soy, um, corn, right. Let's talk about now what is, you know, why, why are so many doctors prescribing the SSRI drugs? Well, because... What they they know it's a serotonin issue. So what they think is, well, if we keep the serotonin they have in the receptor longer, it's going to help. Well, it will help for a while. But the real issue is, do they have enough serotonin or not? And that's why you see everybody on these SSRIs, they crank up the doses. You know, you go, you're a little better for a while, and then you're back down again. So they crank the dose up, crank the dose up, crank the dose up. So then finally that doesn't work. So now let's try a different one. Well, because it's a little different, it works for a little while. So then the same thing happens. It's over and over and over. So the real issue is, number one, the serotonin level. Okay. Number two, dopamine. Epinephrine, norepinephrine. What are those levels? Is your body creating enough? And do those levels shift? Do you have... Do you have a real high serotonin because it's non-functional and you don't have any negative feedback? So even though you have a high serotonin level, it's not working. 
or does your dopamine level the kids and adults who who have these huge mood swings? What's up with that? Well, they may not be able to control the catecholamine levels of dopamine, epinephrine, and norepinephrine. So your levels are real low at one minute and then sky high the next. And that mood will swing on a dime. So that you can see that. And then with those changes, you can have anxiety, OCD, panic attacks, uh, all these things, and they're related to these levels within your body. And it's hard to focus and concentrate and remember. Right. So, you know, I mean, all of these issues you start looking at, and they're huge long-term issues. Yeah, and then adults today, too, there's so many things to do every day that we get so stressed. Right. So then our adrenal glands don't work properly, and that also regulates right. your catecholamines. Right. So that also can be a real so, big mood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's this whole puzzle piece. You know, the, the thing for autism is a puzzle. Well, that's really what life is. Life <laughs> is a puzzle, and it's not just autism. It's everything, yeah. and it's looking for the pieces. Well, sleep issues is a big question for so many of the parents. Mm -hmm. um, they have one of two problems. Either their child doesn't go down to sleep, mm -hmm. or the child wakes up in the middle of the night. Okay. Can you explain and what your remedy would be for both? Well... Part of that can be low serotonin, so then you don't have enough melatonin. Melatonin helps control circadian rhythm. So if you have a low melatonin, you're not going to go to sleep. The other piece of not going to sleep is a lot of the kids, their brains are running so fast they can't shut them off. So it's a combination of getting the brain to slow down and then enough melatonin. Right. And a lot of kids that wake up at two or three in the morning, it's their liver being stressed, and that's when your liver is cleansing itself. So they wake up because it hurts. It's like a liver. It's like a liver reboot at two or three right. in the morning, right? Right. And it's important to note um, melatonin. It's important to note that it only lasts for about four hours or so. Right. So and the the extended time melatonin has some big issues in research that show it's very questionable. Okay. We are unfortunately out of time. We, we we always can just seem to go, 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 and so much to talk about, but we have to stop this now. Um, for anybody who wants to learn more about Dr. John Hicks, his website is pathwaysmed.com. That's pathways, with an S at the end, med, M-E-D.com. Thank you, Dr. John Hicks, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Beth, for being on the show. Thank you. I want to thank our sponsor, Enzymedica. Um, we'll, they have been wonderful to sponsor this show. I also want to let you all know that Rob Oker is going to be our guest next week. We're going to be talking about the teenager's brain. Rob is a guidance counselor and has wonderful insight as to how our teenagers think. And I'm sure he'll be giving us lots of great information. We'll talk with you all next week. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. The Sensory Learning Center would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Betsy or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.